1: Good afternoon, fellow cigar appassionators and passionadas. Welcome to this week's episode of the Ashholes, broadcast live from the Sereno Royal stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It's time to kick back and light up as we turn every Wednesday into Ash Wednesday. It's always entertaining, always unscripted and totally unfiltered. You can stream and download us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean, and of course at theashholes.net. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Ashholes and on Instagram at Ashholes Radio. Today we are smoking the Aroa the First Twenty Years Colorado six x forty six made by our very special guest, Christian Aroa. How are you doing,
2: man? Now you're being polite. Be You've been calling me Ash Hole that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're being nice. Well, you know, <laughs> that now that we're works?
1: on air, I have this certain persona I need to and follow.
2: Did he pronounce it correctly?
3: Ash Hole? So, yes, sir, I did. I yeah, know he did. <laughs> you're, making <fun> <laughs> <laughs> you're making fun of my English? Last name. Because my, my, I, I have Nouveau as a last name. French Niveau. last name. Gets butchered. I'm looking at the spelling of yours, and I, I, could, I could say it 20 different ways. Are we saying Arroyo? Aroa. 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 Are we saying Aroa right? Aroa.
2: Listen, we, we, we moved to Tampa in 79, uh, and back then no one spoke any Spanish, so people mm. called me Aurora. <laughs> there was a toilet paper, Aurora Roses, the smell. Oh, gosh. Oh, but man. it's uh, when I really want to bug people, I say Aroa, but mm-hmm. it's Iroa or Aroa. They yeah, both right. sound just the same. It's very hard. It sounds All, so we, much all we need is you a U to have all the vowels in it. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Y. Yes, right. All right. Well, Christian, I mean, exciting. First of all, thanks for taking the time uh, to, to jump on the show. Yeah. This is a very different show. We hammer our guests with tough questions because we want to dig deep. <laughs> is that right? No, no that's not, not true at all. At all. <laughs> Can you tell us? where I'm excited about this. First mm-hmm. of all, you, I mean, you've been in the business and the industry, and your family has for a long, long time. This is a very exciting blend that we're we're able to smoke on the show. Right? Can you um, explain to our, our audience what we're what we're getting into
2: today? Yeah, you guys are smoking the. Uh, Eiroa, first 20, for first 20 years, Colorado, for the color of the wrapper, and we're smoking the 46 by 6. The, how can I explain it? You know, I I was able to, although I'm only 45 years old, Mm -hmm. I feel like a veteran in this industry. I started very, very young. I started when I was 22, 23, and I was handed Camacho Cigars when I was 26, 27, Mm -hmm. and became the president of that company. And... I remember of my first travels, and usually the first impressions count and are imprinted in you in such a way that it is tremendous. I remember traveling to Germany the first time. Of course, I was very nervous because I didn't, you know, you hear stories about Germans, and, and I was very nervous getting to Germany. But once I was there, and I went to the first store, and I see a box of Cuban Cohibas. And the whole this whole time, everybody talks about Cubans and Cubans. Of course, cigar aficionado is brand new, and they're they're hyping Cuban cigars like crazy. Right. And I saw the color of this the the wrapper mm. on the Cohiba, and for, since that moment, almost 20 years, maybe almost 20, 21 years, I've had this idea in mind of developing a cigar with this Colorado colored wrapper. It it has been a whole lifetime chasing it. You would think it's easy. Mm. But it wasn't, and it was only a matter of taking your time and doing things very, very, very slowly. You know, when, when we had Camacho Cigars, it was such a rush. The demand of the cigar sold so much that, you know, we never really aged tobacco the way we do now with, with this product. It's a whole different approach. So I wanted cigars to be completely different from what we made before. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so you mentioned age because the wrapper on this is,
3: is aged for... At least four years. Four years, right? At least four That's-
2: years, very slowly... We no longer use, for the, uh, on the first 20 Colorado, the, we only use second primings and third primings. What it does is the higher the leaf is on the, on, on the, uh, on the plant, the stronger it's going right. to be, and the thicker it's going to be, and the darker it's going to ferment. We keep it at a lower level, so it gives me that color. We ferment it very, very slowly. We take our time. We flip the bulk. I mean, that's when your fermentation, you don't let the temperature go mm. very much higher than 100, 400, 500, You flip it very slowly, and you take your time. When we pack these cigars, we pack them, the boxes that we make these, cigar, th- these cigars in, we cut the wood out of our factory that same day, and then we make the box. We assemble the box. That way the cigars get the full, the full smell. We don't put a cell- cellophane on the cigar so the cigars rest very easily. Yep. I mean, every little detail we thought about – why? Because, you know what, I'm getting older, I'm getting, I mean, it sounds funny, <laughs> yeah. and I'm getting more and more eccentric, and why not, man? I want to do things the way I want to do things, and hopefully customers sure. can enjoy and appreciate it. And what we ended up developing was a medium-body cigar. Every single cigar is draw-tested. Every Everything is absolute perfection with this product. And it, it's, you know, I, I, I don't mind getting asked as many questions as possible, as tough as they are, because I really want to brag about this. It's, right. it's the cigar I've been looking to make my entire career. And you have, and the band. And you talk about being eccentric. The
3: band is beautiful, very similar to the original Camacho band.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you guys just want to get me in trouble now, man. No, 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 I, no. The original, like the you know the brown, the classic band. No, it's very, very different. Huh. But there's a lot of elegance to it. No, we yeah I, we, yeah. I, I love you know. There's almost like is there a, almost a hologram in the,
2: in the lettering. It is. You know, we went there, to yeah. the guys in, uh, in Freitag in Holland. Mm-hmm. They developed the Behika brands. and developed much, some of the most beautiful brands that you see yep. in, in the world now. Right. And what I did, I told them what they did, what, what I wanted. They developed a plate for us so we can get the holographic effect. You get the same effect in the box as well. Mm-hmm. Because the, the cigar itself, the way I view a product, when I, even when I'm looking at tobacco, I start looking way ahead of time. And remember, it took me four or five years. So we, I had the vision of making the cigar. Years right. ago. And I, I wanted to make sure the time was right for it and everything else had to match. Because when you open that cigar, I want to get all your five senses. The weight of the cigar has to be perfect. The smell of that box has to be perfect. The feel on your hands of that cigar has to be perfect. It has to be beautiful. It has to be appealing. Everything has to match. There's so many factors that come into it. Why? Because I owe my customers that experience. Mm. I owe it to them.
3: Yeah, no, a- absolutely. What are you picking up? Um, I mean... First, you know, lighting up on a cigar, and, and, and you touched on it with just the aesthetics of the, of the cigar. I love the fact that it's not cellophane. Yep. And, and can I assume, and I'm, I'm looking at this foot, the, the tissue paper that you put on mm-hmm. the end, that's to protect the cigar when it's in there and at a different level of and yeah, packaging? You know,
2: uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, commerce gets in the way of art sometimes. And we also have to add space for, for the barcode because mm-hmm. oftentimes I'm sure you guys have seen cigars that customers or stores are forced to put the barcode on the band itself, which actually just mm-hmm. absolutely kills right. part of the art- artistry of, of what we're involved with. So we decided to do that and make it just large enough on the foot so the, uh, you can put the barcode on. We do the, the candy riper type style so you can just pull it off at the end and the foot will be intact. It will be protected in the stores. And actually, even if you want to pull it out of the box, you can probably pull it from the tissue paper from the bottom. Yeah. No, I love it. And I mean, I don't
3: know about you guys, but if I talk about the cigar, this might be a part that as manufacturers, you either like or you hate. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. because everyone talks about all these nuances and, oh, I taste this and taste this. But as we get into the cigar, I, I love the, you know, the cool draw was was. Just fantastic i had a little little bit of sweetness and as i as i light this up i get a little bit of spice i get a warm almond uh for me almost like the the almond pulp like a little bit of of, of a sweet sweetness and then uh, a little bit of of spice that uh i'm really digging see the, the first quarter
0: i get the spice and the sweetness but I, I relate it more to like a barbecue sauce like a smoky barbecue sauce that's a uh, kind of the direction that it's going with me
1: I definitely get the sweetness, too. I'm definitely enjoying that cedar from the box and the, the retro, that little bit of spice that comes through there. It's not its not very much. It's just enough to really tease your nose. It's yeah. really, really good.
2: Mm. Yeah, what you guys are tasting is there was a tobacco back in Cuba that actually made Cuban cigars famous. It was called Corojo, C-O-R-O-J-O, and it was a gentleman named Diego Rodriguez who developed it in his farm. The, the original seed was just traditional criollo seed from Cuba. But he had he a had farm called Santa Ines del Corojo, and what he would do is he would take the pick of the crop of every, every, every time he did a harvest, he would take the best plants and take the seeds from that one and just kept reproducing and reproducing the same tobacco to the point that they start, people started driving by, oh, I want some of that tobacco from El Corojo. Mm. Now, Cuba, from what we understand, stopped using the seed back in 1987, mainly because it, just, it, it didn't yield and we had the big problem in, in, with blue mold. Right. It came in the late 70s. So they just started moving toward the hybrids. Mr. Daniel Rodriguez, Diego Rodriguez's grandson, gave that seed to my father, and he started experimenting with it in 1997. And it was actually Two guy Smoke Shop that we did the first experiment with in, in December 1999 over this Corojo tobacco, and it was fascinating. Of course, back then it was on the Camacho label. And what the Corojo plant does, it doesn't yield. It's very, very small, very short. It gives you a lot of flavor, a lot of body, but a very sweet finish. There's no harshness to it. It's a very, very loyal plant. And it really became very popular. We tried to register that trademark in, um, I want to say, in the year 2000. But it turned out that the U.S. government, the US, uh, U.S.PTO Patent Trademark Office, said that that was the name of a region, so you couldn't trademark the name. Because mm-hmm. uh, the, the Rodriguez family actually gave us permission to register that trademark. Mm-hmm. After that, we couldn't protect it anymore. It was, it was, uh, it was public domain. Anybody could use it. Now, on the business side, what I did not know back then was that when people copy your brand, it makes your original brand a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. Copycat brands always make the originals, sort of like the Pepsi Coke effect. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened to us with Asylum when someone else copied our product and just made our, our product completely blow up. Uh, so it made this type of tobacco very popular, full body. Back then, it was 5 $6 retail Yeah, for that cigar.
3: Wow. wow, wow. Yeah, and I mean, you're mentioning, you know, the... the the plants, and I was looking from your from your website. You have different different lots of of plants, of uh, of, of farming, but you have a, a an immense farm and plantation. You're looking at your binder lot six. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I was taking it from the site. 62 acres for the binder. That's almost 900,000 plants. The wrapper in lot 23, 87 acres over 2 million plants. And then you have lot 11 for the for the filler. I mean, what? looking at that what what would you say is your like your favorite part to work on or your favorite leaf that you just you, you baby <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey rapper man it's always <laughs> it's not, <laughs> rapper it's, all, rapper, about it's rapper. all about the rapper <laughs> like you know if we asked a question anyway <laughs> <laughs> it, I True, heart, I go forgot going. i heart radio anyway <laughs> so <laughs> listen rapper and, and and that process itself is the fermentation process itself because that's when everything begins to come together, and that's really where your imagination. I mean, you mentioned barbecue, like cooking on a grill. Man, mm-hmm. that's like when, in, in my in my mind, when you're looking at fermentation, you look at the size of the leaf, the color, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the girth, be so seco, and all that. It's almost like when you, you start smelling a steak on a grill, and that's what it comes down to. And That's where really your imagination starts going crazy, and you start deciding what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And you know that process for us starts at the curing barns at some point, but it's not until it's fermentation you start getting those smells of honey and cocoa and, and these different types of, of nuances that tobacco is giving you. But the funny thing is that you have different lots. You know, we have an, a farm of 700 acres, and you'll have one lot right across the way from another one. You can have one lot that's completely rocky, rocky soil. Right. The other one is more compact. Okay. The other one is more powder and they're all next to each other, and the tobacco from each one will be completely different. And uh, But always, 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 you protect the wrapper because we see everything through our eyes mm-hmm. and we remember everything through our nose.
0: So you mentioned that, you know, some soil will be rocky, some will be a little bit finer. Uh, is that done by design or is that more... It no, just it's happens just, that's just, just the just way, it, just just it. The way okay. it is.
2: You know, ironically, you look at the rocky soil, which doesn't look very uh, welcoming right. to grow anything. And, 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 and ironically that's where tobacco product grows best because those rocks absorb heat mm. right so when the sun goes down and good filtration the soil is still yeah. the soil's still alive and and the roots are able to, to dig, dig in more easily because it's not so compact
0: hmm.
2: now is, is a
3: tobacco plant similar to say a a wine vine where the more you stress a wine vine a wine, yeah, like a <laughs> grapevine where, yeah, no. grapevine just uh where right where you where you're thinking wine but uh where, where you the more you stress the vine the better the yield is and then the grape is or
2: no t- tobacco is different tobacco the main difference between tobacco and any other product because you're actually protecting the leaf you're not protecting the fruit hmm. matter of fact in, in our tobacco we we top it so we don't even produce the flower you produce, you, okay. you top it. That means you, you get rid of where the flower is going to come out. So the leaf is going to come out nice and, and it's going to be thick. And, and we, we leave the body for that. Uh, we do want to punish the, the plant a little bit because you want to make it stronger. You expose it to the sun. You expose it to the wind. You expose it to the elements. But not too much. And you have to be very delicate, especially when you're handling it. You know, I was just having a conversation earlier when someone talks about yeah, how much tobacco. Some companies like to handle tobacco a lot. We do the opposite. Tobacco, you got to protect it and not touch it the least possible because every single leaf of tobacco that you grow is wrapper. Mm. When, we, when we start handling it is that the wrapper begins to get damaged. So we try to avoid that as much as possible. I mean, if you, if you saw, picture a, a spa treatment somewhere in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, that's what our curing rooms are for wrapper. They get their own rooms. The temperature's perfect, 24 hours a day, controlled. They This in this boxes. there's a dude just checking the stuff out all day long, 24 hours a day. That's all we do. We protect these like nothing else. When we, when we handle them, man, it's, it's funny because we almost carry like a baby when you grab the, when you <laughs> grab the whole hand at the back. I mean this is just a passionate thing. There are a lot of easier ways and, and less complicated ways of making a living. You really have to love what we do. That's true,
3: and I think that's true across the board with the tobacco industry. hundred percent from retail. It's not. I mean, you're not. It's not a get-rich quick scheme or, or business. <laughs> no. it's, not, it's not like buying a franchise it's not and a all get rich, that. rich period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You're looking pretty sharp. You're, you're shopping in a different area than I'm shopping, so I think it's treating you pretty well. Um, I see like the the map that you have of where you can buy your your cigars, and it's. I mean, it looks like smallpox. It's peppered all <laughs> over the place. That's what we try, man. <laughs> all, all
2: we need to get is our foot in the door, man. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll spread like wildfire. Yeah. Not Not we'll, one at a time, though, man. We're just, you know, it's funny because we'll go to stores and we be able to have done it a second time, it never stops being flattering that someone will trust Shell Space to you and someone yeah. will trust your opinion. It really is tremendously flattering, and, and we'll look at sometimes how many cigars we're producing already, it, and it's something that it just can't fit in my head how people can trust you that way. Right. Matter of fact, the biggest compliment I ever received and it was not really what someone told me, it was, this is back when the internet was brand new, man. This must have been 2000, 2001 and there's this guy and we didn't sell cigars in Europe, not yet, not that many and there's a guy in Prague, he was a movie director, Jim Houck, he sends me a picture of a Camacho smoke to the butt in Prague. It was on a sidewalk someplace and Imagine the trouble he went through. He had to get the camera, plug the camera in the computer because it wasn't like, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, on my <not> phone. <laughs> so I get the email. I said, Oh, I can't believe someone actually packed a bag. Maybe the guy, I don't know, maybe he lived in New Hampshire, maybe he lived wherever he lived. It. He packed his bag and actually thought about smoking that cigar and he nubbed that cigar. Because sometimes people are polite, they smoke two inches. Oh, a good cigar. I don't pay attention to that. When you see a guy that nubbed a cigar, mm-hmm. that is the greatest compliment. I'll never forget that, that day. It was truly, truly. Uh, Impressive. It's humbling to see it, yeah, that, that far
3: away from where it originated from. Right. right. And,
2: and I think that's been the biggest lesson of, of doing this all over again. Well, we had to crawl again before we even walked yeah. the fact that how we were able to get people to trust us once again and the fact that every day the product's being discovered more and more and more. And it's not without a sacrifice. It's, it's Listen, it's a complete pain in the neck. It's a lot of travel, a, a lot of time spent talking with the customers, a lot of sacrifice, You know, a lot of time away from the family, from the children. And it's expensive too, yeah. but, but the end result is great. And, you know, what we're trying to do is deliver a message of, there are a lot of people I try to tell my salespeople all the time. A lot of people get up at four 30 in the morning every single day to make sure that when you open up that box of cigars, every single band is perfectly level. The tissue wrap is perfectly level. The box is all perfect. Everything that the wrappers match, everything else matches in. That's why the value of the cigar is the value of the cigar you can never discount that, especially what motivates us you know, this second time around is, is our, our company will become very charitable. 25 to 30% of our profit, we're going to give the money to um, – we're starting the CLE Foundation. We're going to do a reforestation pro- a program, and I'm trying wow. to do something with sports as far as scholarships, scholarships for kids. <laughs> you know, the part I can't get around <laughs> is how do I bring a bunch of kids here to play soccer? And then get to go back to Honduras. <laughs> you know, we had the little factory in Winwood. I had six rollers. that I got visas for it. three of them just fled. So they're building roofs somewhere in Virginia. I don't know. <laughs> so, I, so I can't get past that, that visa part, man. That's the problem. But the reforestation, we started one and back with the previous company. And we're going to continue it now. Mm. I want to replace every single tree we consumed over the years times three. That's great. That's part of our goal. And, uh, but That's yeah, man. So there's a lot more. It's not just the product itself. There's a lot more tied to it. Mm-hmm. And when I look at it, this, these are the things that come to my mind. Yeah. No, that's.
1: Now, you're the youngest of three, right? Yes, sir. Three boys?
2: You no, no. I have a, the eldest, my brother. He, yep. They're doing the Aladino cigar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sister, older than I am, she's the middle one. She's a school teacher. Okay. And uh, and then me.
1: And the then youngest. you. Now, y- your family, you know, we all know, has been, you know, 100-something years in this, yes. in this business. And your dad had his own thing. And, and here you are, the youngest. And you're, you know, Camacho at 26, and now, you know, Roy, you, you know, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. What has it been like to try and, you know, come out from under the, the shadow of your of your family and and, and, and to make it where you are? Is, is that something you strive to do, or is it just, I'm going to do my best and whatever happens, happens? You know, I mean, tell me about that journey from, you know, you, you don't think about the, the third kid being the guy who ends up, on top.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting you ask me this question. Because something, you know, I have three boys too. know, I'm trying to mm-hmm. teach these numbnuts all the time what it really, <laughs> really, really, really takes. A, look, at, my father had an airplane accident in 1977 became paralyzed. And I was mm. only five years old. So you spend a lot of time without him and, and solving your own problems. So you find different things to drive you and different things to, to motivate you. And I remember I, my brother was, was a person I've always admired very, very much. But he was always the guy I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. A, my brother played football in high school. You know, I had to go play semi-pro football and try to make it to the NFL. My brother was a wrestler in high school. I had to wrestle mm-hmm. in high school. I had to make it to state. My brother got a college degree. I had to go and get a master's degree. <laughs> my brother was successful. You know, I had to do, be more successful in business than, than him. So I actually started in a finance company first. Sold that company, and uh, someone came in wanted to buy it. I was too young. Imagine that. this guy, this guy. I was 22 years old, and this guy had already given me about four or five million dollars to manage. Mm-hmm. So he was getting pretty nervous. He says, "Man, this kid's too young." <laughs> but that, that's how driven I was. So we got a buyer, sold it, and I said, "Let me go work with the old man for six months," because my old man was always very tough. He was a military guy as well, mm-hmm. and you know he ended up. My brother went to he went to military school. My brother went to military school. So did I. My, actually, my father actually went and served in the Bay of Pigs with the U.S. Army and everything. Wow. So, you know, I moved down to Honduras. I said, what the hell? I worked with the old man for six months. I'll come <laughs> what back. It's not going to last. But, you know, I owe it to him. You know, after all, he has paid for my education. Yeah. The yeah. Guy's yeah. Him, he has paid me, addressed me. I'll give him six months of my life. He's worth that much. <laughs> and as soon as I'm going down there, my brother makes – the smartest comment, oh, you're not going to last. You're going to suck. You know? <laughs> oh, no. So he starts bugging me. I go, son of a bitch. All right, now I have to <laughs> prove that guy wrong. And that really was a, a big motivator for me. That begins to, to start driving me that way. And I start finding you know, little things that I enjoy because we grew up in the farms and I started really connecting to a lot of these things. And all of a sudden I start realizing, you know, I just don't want to be known for being my father's son. And you start beginning to try to break out of that shadow. And really, Camacho Camacho offered me that opportunity with a Corojo. And it wasn't easy either, man, because we had to go, and that, that was in a post-boom world. Back right. in 1997, everybody mm-hmm. wanted cigars 94 to 97. The boom ended uh, probably about November 97. So here I am, coming back into the US without ever having sold a cigar and never wanted to be a salesperson. All oh, of so now I'm traveling the road with only a couple lines, with. Not even samples and just try. I remember going to the Continental Airlines counter for like 6000 bucks, and I paid for a ticket that was, took me on the road for like 16 weeks. Wow. Actually, one of those trips I ended up here, that's probably when I, when I met uh, Dave, at the, Dave over at Two Guys, I ended up traveling here in September, October, doing the leaf peeping area. So I couldn't even get a hotel. <laughs> oh, no. Slept in the car. Back then I we guess. had roads trips, streets and trips and... Had my little Toshiba laptop, you would hook up to the hotel. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Idea. It, was, it, it was horrible driving, man. But, you know, I found my way, went all the way up to Vermont, came here, and I think my last stop was here with these guys. Mm. I just kind of popped in, and that, we became pretty good friends. They were very friendly from day one. And he must have known I was lost and lost. <laughs> but I was learning, man. That's the only way to do it. So yep. well, there are no shortcuts, not one. No. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. I mean,
3: we, we talked about you coming, you know, and and – putting yourself away from the, the shadow of the family. But, you know, in, in essence, I mean, you've only – you've also created your own shadow for people to kind of you know, push themselves out of because you, you've built such a, you know, such a beautiful line again. Thank you. Um, yeah. That there's, you know, there's a lot to be said about that.
2: And I, a lot of that comes from, you know, really doing it from the, the ground up. 100% from the ground up. Man. And, and, you know, I you in, in the history of our industry – you can't move forward if you don't study the, the, uh, our industry. There were very powerful men in our industry mm-hmm. who got out of the business, tried to come back in, and they were all unsuccessful. I think almost mm-hmm. every single one has not been successful. And that was a cautionary situation for me. Well, we looked at it, we studied it, you know, but I was 36 years old, I wasn't ready to retire. I, and I knew I wanted to try it to do it all over again. <laughs> I said quite. the same thing at yeah. 36. Yeah. yeah. I am like, so, just not ready. <laughs> listen, man, I started a seaplane business, ended up getting the coolest customers in the world. Sergey Brin, the guy who owns Google, used to fly my seaplanes. Martha Stewart, I had Shakira, I had David Copperfield, <laughs> you name it. Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, whatever, the guitarist for Pink Floyd. What's his name? Roger Waters. Roger Waters. Yeah. Water, yeah. You know, these guys they had this island. So one time, Shakira and he and, and this guy from Columbia, real famous inside a trader and he wants to go to the, to the island. So I tell a pilot, because I fly, but I wasn't a commercial pilot. go, listen, bro, I'm going to buy a uniform. I'm going to pretend to be the pilot that trip. <laughs> so I must have been like the worst pilot ever because I'm eavesdropping everything they're saying. What? What? <laughs> 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 trying to see what was going on. But, uh, but I realized, listen, if you can't do anything passionately, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I didn't dislike it. I liked airplanes. But as soon as I got a chance, and, and the folks at Davidoff were, were more and more than nice and, and more than, than uh, helpful toward me, and I was able, I was offered the opportunity. They a matter of fact, they even offered to make the cigars when I came back in. They helped me. I found the opportunity, and we came back into the business, and it started. I knew it was going to be hard. I remember walking into customers that we, I remember financing some people, six, seven mm-hmm. months. I remember walking in and telling, listen, Christian, that was then, this is now, why don't you come see me when your product actually starts selling? All right, you put the stuff in your bag. I mean, I, I said a couple of choice you, words. You put those <laughs> yeah, inside, <exactly>. inside <laughs> yeah. You put you put those people in the back of your head. Inside remember voice. remember them down. Yeah, yeah. but then I said screw it. And I remember the funny thing is, you know, I, I started working with uh, my partner Tom, Lazuka. So, <laughs> so of course the first, you know, if you want to break into a market, you have to stand out. You have to completely mm-hmm. do something different. We did it when we started doing the trips to Honduras. You know, I wasn't getting enough. Play from Cigar Aficionado to talk about Corolla. I said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to spend $150,000 a year and bring every single one of my customers down to Honduras. We started the Honduran trips. Then, of course, everybody started doing trips to the factories. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the triple Maduro. <clears throat> Same thing with anything that we do, you got to do differently. So here we are, and we, de- we come up with, you know, I spent, I don't know, five, six months working on the CLE cigars and this and that. I spent, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, I spent two hours working in that silly Asylum brand. Asylum. <laughs> two hours and one afternoon, and I ended up with two different two different products, mm-hmm. two different blends. Matter of fact, on the Asylum 13, the band was actually the foot band on that cigar.
1: That was supposed to be the foot band?
2: That was supposed to be the foot band. Mm-hmm. I said, dude, I got too, I, I can't decide. All right, we'll do both. So I'm on the phone with Thomas. who goes, no, bro, do a 70 by 7. I said, no, man, that's stupid. I'm not going to do it. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Christian, I'm telling you. So I said, all right, fine. Listen, I'm going to make, 5,000 of them, and you're going to eat them. And I promise you. And I eat those words every single day because I can't <laughs> understand for the life of me why that cigar. I mean, I was supposed to be, get our foot in the door, and it turned into a thing. And it wasn't until competitors started copying that product right. that it became a staple in the industry. Yeah. And then we said, all right, let, let's put the book in on these stupid big sizes. That's when we did the 80 by 8. Right. That was kind of like a book in on that. And seventy by seven. After I think seventeen that's, brands. It's not came only on, a bookend. That's a, that's a doorstop. door Doorjam. <laughs> door <laughs> door yeah. 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 So so it wasn't until we did that, and uh, it, it, that seventeen brands came on and copied that the, the silent thirteen. You know, it, we ended up w- with people actually uh, liking their product. So to come back to the original story, you know, Tom Lazuka tells me, hey guess what? Asylum selling more than CLE. I go, guess what? It's going to be you traveling 40 weeks a year, not me. That was actually happened. But now, you know, Asylum keeps growing and, and uh, the CLE brand, after studying the market a couple more years, it's taken for a long time to really understand what it, what it finally, uh, you know, we had to establish in different markets in Europe because we want to make sure the brands are global. Many things I learned from, from, the, from studying other companies that, that are global brands. And then I learned if we want to build it, we got to focus on international markets, focus on airports. And now that we're finally ready, I've been hitting the road real heavy this year in the United States with the, um, with the CLE brands. And it's been CLE brand alone, I think, is up about 400% this year. But a lot of that's initial placements and, and repairing, changing packaging. A little simple right. because the product was never the problem. It was a placement and, and uh, right. how to get it to get it out to people. Yeah.
1: Hey, we're getting ready for our uh, Mid show break. Can you stay around? Sure. You hang around for the next? That'll yeah, be, be fun. Awesome. Yeah, All right, guys. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have more with Christian Aroa. And we're going to have viewer mail, Miles with Styles. And we're going to keep talking about this Aroa first 20 years, Colorado 6x46. Come on back.
4: In a time where humid are. Veteran Anthony Serena. To create this masterpiece, a blend of filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Estelian Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a dark and luxurious Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper, grown from the famed Habano 2000 seed, to bring you an endlessly complex and full bodied experience. A post roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable notes of rich cocoa, leather, and coffee that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating the next draw. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available at TwoGuysCigars.com.
5: It was 2010 on my 50th birthday, Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars showed up in my office and honored me with a gift. It was a box of cigars. But this box of cigars was not what I expected, one I never saw before, something without the Perdomo name on it. It was my name, Garofalo. Garofalo Cigars has my name on it, but it was blended and created by Perdomo as a gift, a gift of a brand of cigars.
6: Oh, yeah, so smooth. And oh, yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh, yeah, they're delicious, too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's La Gianna Havana.
5: Oh,
6: yeah. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor comes two that go head to head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste.
5: One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United
6: Cigar Natural.
5: Now comes the Maduro. Darker
6: and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar.
5: Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box-pressed. Both 65
7: Nelson Alfonso offers three Byron blends, honoring all three centuries of Byron. Siglo 19, Siglo 20, and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days. But every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year. Then, and only then, into ultra-luxurious porcelain jars and state-of-the-art cigar humid tubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce, but nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron Cigars. Cigars of poetry. Sophisticated. Byron. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ashholes. You can
1: find us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Ashholes and on Instagram at Ashholes Radio. We're smoking the Aroa, the first 20 years, Colorado six by 46, and we have Christian Aroa who designs that cigar with us.
3: Very exciting. It, it was is. a good look. Good first half. Um, this the cigar is is cha- what I love is the complexity and how mm-hmm. smooth it is. It's not overpowering on the on the palate, but this is to me this is a medium plus bodied cigar, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's got it's got lots of body to it. It yeah. does. Yeah. It, it does. I, I can feel it and I love it. It's but it's making my <laughs> body relaxed. I'm getting a lot of uh, smoky, like a salty, peppery uh, notes to it. I'm really digging it.
2: You know. I giggle because the the argument with my father, matter of fact our our ads used to be something like he said he said, <laughs> and
0: yeah.
2: my father always always criticized me for for making the full body cigars always it was always a mm-hmm. thing for us. matter of fact, we would have customers over, and they would start smoking a cigar, he would smoke one and he would start spitting. I go, Dad, what are you doing? <laughs> Coño, this is trying. I go, so don 't smoke it in front of people, man <laughs> so it, it was always an argument we had. <gasps> And here I am, fifteen years later, twenty years later, and I find myself agreeing with him. Like I don't tell him <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad he doesn't listen to podcasts or anything. Yeah. But now I realize that he was absolutely right. You know, medium, medium to full body. A cigar has to be very enjoyable. And you start making a cigar for somebody that can sit down for an hour and a half, two hours. You know, I try to explain that smoking a cigar is the most selfish thing you can do for yourself. This is the time that is absolutely 100% yours. And it took this kid, Angel. Uh, I can't believe I forgot his last name. Whatever. Angel Diaz. He worked for He was a marketing guy. He's out of, out of the New England area. He worked for us for some years. He goes, Christian, let me tell you something. When I go to lunch, I come back and I save my computer. And I'll go, I'll go online and I'll research this cigar that cigar. So from 1 o'clock to 5.30, all I can do is think about that cigar. You have to make sure that if I if am smoking your cigar, you do not disappoint me. If you disappoint me, you piss me off. But if you deliver, you make me the happiest guy in the world. And that's mm. part of the experience. That's right. one thing that when we are inside the business, we tend to lose sight of.
1: Mm.
2: You know, The guys who, who take their time to visit a store, who take their time to buy, buy a cigar and take their time out of their day to smoke a cigar, they want to be treated, man. They want to they, they be surprised. It's something that we owe to them. And I want to make sure that we, we make a cigar like, like the uh, Colorado. You know, I want to make sure that it's done to German standards where any German guy <laughs> will be happy to smoke it. <laughs> but that any guy that wants to smoke the cigar anytime, place, with anyone he or she wants, that they're going to love the cigar. And that's what we try to deliver consistently.
0: Okay. So to you, what is the difference between a good cigar and a great cigar? What's, what's that line? If there is, or if is it more of a gray area? To me,
2: it's definitely a gray area. You know, we we have, because I get asked pretty often, you know, if I smoke anybody else's cigars, and the answer is always no. It's not because I'm being rude or anything. It's just that any given time we have 16 different blends going on and we're always testing the cigars. And unfortunately, from what we do, I could probably tell you, I could probably count 10 or 15 times that I've smoked a cigar to truly enjoy it and kick back and say, you know what? I'm, this is my moment right now. Yeah. It, it, it happens. I mean, got, it happens. You got something. three kids. Good, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no you know, luck. the cigars I enjoy the most is is good thing baseball yeah. is still sure. somewhat cigar friendly. So mm-hmm. I'll sit in right field or left field. My oldest one plays baseball. I go smoke a cigar. Usually end up talking to one of the umps to go ask me for cigars. The coaches ask asking for cigars. So it's pretty friendly. <laughs> now those are really, really enjoy, especially when he has, a, when you go zero for three or zero for four, right. <laughs> that cigar is horrible. So, but, uh, it, you know, it, it's part of the, the experience of and the emotional attachment of the cigar is going to be a good cigar or a bad cigar. But, I mean, I do get the intricacies of the taste. If it doesn't deliver exactly what I'm expecting, like, again, the example mm-hmm. of the barbecue, if you cook a steak and, and when you smoke it, it, had, you ended up putting too much pepper on or too much salt or the barbecue right. sauce was not on, then that just makes it bad. So, so um, I mean, obviously, the situation where you smoke it, but I do look for specific things in a cigar, and that th- they have to deliver every time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so
3: you were you were talking about the asylum? Is it's a little bit out of that was out of your comfort zone when you did that, and it turned into a big hit. You talked about bringing people to Honduras, doing something new for the industry. What's what's on the horizon for CLE? Well, what, this, what's going to change it?
2: That's a real good question. We're we're trying to work on. This marketing product—it'll it, be—we're uh, actually working on it as we speak. That's going to be a little different in how cigars are presented. First you know, heard here on the assholes. That's correct. Yeah, we're working on a project. Breaking news. Obviously, I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want my competitors to to do it. <laughs> but once it's done, it'll be—it'll be the first time I think the cigars are exposed to three or four million people a month. Sure, Basically, you can be serious. Stop calling me, Shirley. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I'm good at these. It's gonna fit right in. Yeah. yeah. So, as far as the products themselves, you know, r- right now, we're kind of in a holding pattern as far as getting creative, doing different things. You know, we do. We did launch now. The cigar called Medulla Oblongata, again, mm-hmm. after another movie yeah. reference. Yeah. We're actually sending a box to Adam Sandler, Water boy this nice. week. We'll see, man. Either, <laughs> either, a either I get, guy, too. Either I get a return receipt request. Is that going to make everybody ornery? Yeah, probably, yeah. man. <laughs> but it's the rays of sunshine. No, all them teeth and no toothbrush. Right. That's the one. Yeah. No, so, so we did a 50-count box on the asylum name. 25 cigars around and 25 cigars are box-pressed in the same box. We're going to see how interesting. But, that, I mean, that's not something that's completely industry changing. Uh, until we get past this FDA situation and how creative we can be, I don't think there's uh, there's much we we can do as far as getting creative or leaving the box. We are, though, also a, a – um, I mean, we're launching a whole line of little 40 by 4 cigars in our total line for, for wintertime. Yes. Nice. And we haven't done these sizes before. I mean, we had them before in the other company. With well, this company, we haven't done it. <laughs> The other
1: company. I the know. other company. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> the name that the shall not be named. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, they're great people, man. <laughs> I love that. I still have an attachment
2: mm-hmm. to, to those brands and those people as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I don't know. You really got me thinking here, man.
3: I don't know. That's good. Well, no, we're excited because you do. I mean, you have, you have what, eight total lines? Probably. I don't know. Right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right. I, start, I start and counting so many <laughs> different. So it's just exciting to see what you're doing. And, um, you know, w- with the specials you have, have now,
2: big golfer? No. Are you? I'm t- no. I'm, t- I'm the only guy in the world that loses customers when because. I go play golf. <laughs> <can't> play golf. <laughs> so I decided to finally get,
3: give up on golf. Oh, there you go. Well, I, saw, I saw the golf bag downstairs. It is beautiful. But, yeah. Very, very nice. So a lot of, I mean, I see a lot of promotional items, uh, which is great. So it's getting, it's branding. It's getting the name out. Yes. But, but you have the product that also supports it, which is, well, listen, which is great.
2: But that's always a trick. Because one thing that we've done in, in our industry, and it's 100% our fault as an industry, we have undervalued what a cigar is. We completely allow even our customers to think, I mean, I, how many manufacturers I hear them saying the word stick Mm-hmm. We don't allow that word in my companies. We don't make brooms. This is a cigar. <laughs> a lot of people are involved. A lot of people sweat to make this product. Mm. The yeah. fact that we go into a a store, oh, buy three, get one free. This is something that we don't do in our company. We don't discount our product. We don't allow discounting. We don't do any of that stuff because too much work goes into it, man. I mean, True. you can't tell me that I'm going to travel 40 weeks a year. You know, my wife will be upset. I miss game. I do – and everything I have has been invested in. All the people I, – I look at one of my workers, and I'm. if I discount the product, I'm looking at my worker in his or her face, and I'm telling you, you know what? Your work is worth 20% less hmm. than I think it's worth, 25 hmm. So we just don't do it. The product needs to be respected, and and that's one thing that we've done in our industry. And every time I see these companies doing 25%, 30 40%, even in the catalogs, I see those crazy discounts. It, it, yeah. it bothers me tremendously. And this is none of my business. They do what, what they want. We just, I want to make sure that we protect the integrity of our products and our brands. Love
3: hearing that. I Thank love you. hearing that too. That brings, yeah, it brings it back to the retailer, which is important. 100%. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's a great. But, you know, you piece. also
2: need the right retail partners. I mean, that's one thing that I, I think uh, is funny with, with the guys from Two Guys every time we have a conversation. No, no stupid idea is too stupid. That's so we always have these conversations, and, and you know what? We're Why don't we do this and that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right,
3: we'll try at least, it. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, try it, right? Let's give it, give it a shot. And speaking of, so speaking of ideas then, I mean, you've worked with some, some people in the industry in the past, um, developing like these different blends, uh, going head-to-head on some, on some stuff. Is there anyone out there, past or present, that you just you want to work with because they had some great tobacco that you
2: want to put in or do something out, yes. out of the box? Yes. Yes, there there are two people. <laughs> They're no longer with us, unfortunately. And those those two are probably the people who I admire most. One is Estelo Padron. He used to run the Punch Villas on Factory, and he is related to the Padron family. But he was he, he was not working with them. He had and the reason our factory became the cleanest factory in the world, and our farms are the cleanest and the only Bayer certified operation in the world a uh, zero impact on the environment, and our factory is 99% hygienic, was because of Estela Padron. Hmm. He was the cleanest most organized guy I've ever seen. Again, I'm very competitive, man. I, can't, I couldn't live one more day knowing that there was a factory out there better and cleaner than ours. Hmm. We cleaned ours up. The other guy who was a, a teacher of mine, I spent a lot of time with it, was the late and great Rolando Reyes hmm. from Puros Indios. The guy was the absolute best. He, he was amazing. You know, the guy was, was I mean, he, he really was impressive in how much he knew. You know, that guy would pack every single cigar at nighttime. He started work at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He would work till 8 o'clock in the morning. Jeez. He would pack every single cigar and inspect every single cigar. And the other two, two actually four people, Carlos Fuente, I admire him very much. You know, he's, he's still very helpful. We, we speak often. He's always been very, very nice and willing to give advice. He's got some energy. Mm. Amazing, man. He's driven. Complete driven. Yeah. But he, he's passionate. If, you know, when... when um, and for any of the guys that, are, that might be Fuente fans, you know, every, anytime you listen to him, it's it's not a stick. It, I mean, that really is who he is. He's passionate about the product. And the other guy who's been nothing but, but a great friend to me is Ernesto Carrillo. Ernesto Carrillo is another great man. Very good guy. Very helpful. The, these two guys are people that I think if I had a problem in my factory, they would actually fly down to my factory and not let me pay for my plane ticket. For they for <laughs> not, their, let, their me, not ticket. let me <laughs> yeah. pay for their plane ticket right. just to help me mm. fix the problem.
0: So these are people that you want to work with. And going back a little bit to respecting the product, are there retailers or retail environments that you won't work with that, that might want your product but you'll say, no, they don't respect the product? Do you ever turn people away?
2: No, I think, you know what, I, I think that I don't do it. I think capitalism has taken care of that on its own If if – A store is not clean, it's not organized. They get phased out, they get eaten up, they Mm -hmm. just can't survive. We do a lot with the the internet vendors too. We we only work with the ones that we trust or respect. We only really sell to three internet companies, three or four guys. We don't sell to the smaller, the predatory ones that just want a discount product. Mm -hmm. We won't deal with them because we don't even know how they store the cigars. Some guys are just so small, they have a small room, and you think that, that they're keeping the cigars in good shape. A customer gets their product and cigars aren't aren't cheap, man. They're, they're really expensive to make. They're expensive to get to customers. You have so many taxes and so much stuff that goes into yeah, them yeah. Yep. that it's really a, a disservice for somebody to pay $300 for a box of cigars mm. and the cigars not be exactly what they, what they need to be or have been kept the way they should have been kept.
0: Mm.
2: That's true. That's, that's the
3: dangerous part because they, the, the person buying the cigar online doesn't know how it was kept. They receive the cigar and it's just a reflection. It's not a reflection on the company that sold it to them. It's a reflection on the cigar, unfortunately. So you're yeah 100% yeah, yeah 100% right. Correct. But that's that's why I love the fact that you're bringing it back to, you know, brick and mortar and mm. um you know, helping them out. Yeah,
2: we make our balance I think that of our total revenue 12% are for electronic sales. And yes. you know, 88 88 goes through retail stores. That's our market, that's our yeah. business, mm-hmm. that's our niche. We're not exclusive to it, we just we're very afraid. We don't ship any customer more than five boxes for size, mm. even the big, big guys. I mean, maybe we'll do ten boxes of size or, or some some items. But we don't. We protect it, and we don't. We, we, we limit our exposure. So if ever they want to do a special or something like that, we can pull the product immediately and okay, it'll say out of you know, sold out of a back order or something. We won't ship them until they fix that problem. Mm. But and we have done it. We have done it because, again, you know you can't look at me in the face and tell me my I'm worth. 30% less than I think I'm worth. Right. You know, there, there's a value to it. And in the end, that's, it's to serve our customers and our, our cigar smokers and our, our stores. Well, let me ask you, as
3: we're going you know, through this cigar, is, is there ever, has there ever been a time where someone's been smoking your, your cigar, or maybe another brand, and they've said some, or given you some sort of description, saying it tastes like this, <laughs> that you've said, where are you even getting that, or it's completely off the ball, some kind of oddball like barbecue, <laughs> like, yeah, barbecue like barbecue sauce, like barbecue like, like this jamoke over here saying barbecue sauce.
1: I was reading. I was reading a review of, of this cigar on, online, and, and I was seeing things. People were saying watermelon <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> what you know, candy, and I'm like, where do they get watermelon this stuff? all things. Watermelon.
2: I've seen shoes. watermelon
1: ice cream. That's what this cigar reminds me of.
2: No, I had uh, <laughs> raw leather. I've seen. Uh, <laughs> Raw leather. Raw leather. <laughs> yeah, man. It's pretty much <laughs> just pen, pencil. That's yeah, the carcass. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> Pencil. I've heard different. I'll tell you what, the craziest one, though, man. I was a, a gentleman's name, Scott Lee, North Carolina. I'm visiting a store these years ago, and somebody walks in with. We this one cigar. Great cigars. Actually, one of my favorites. So I don't want to say a name. But she brings back the remaining 17 cigars in that box. So if you've been around for all, you know which one I'm talking about. And the lady wants to return the box. And I said, oh, my God, that's what could have happened? Ma'am, could I ask you why you want to return the box? No, because (laughs) my husband was smoking them and he died. (laughs) But she was an older lady. Uh. (laughs) I go, what do you mean? No, no, no. Listen, he was diabetic. He had whatever an episode, and the, I see that box, and it reminds me of him. I said, "Okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's a little different."
3: then. yeah. one oh, yeah, of one of my, my greatest—they're uh, sweating <laughs> right away. Like, what happened? Funniest experience experiences with you know someone talking about flavors. We had back. I was in, when I was in Vegas, and, and we had some retail stores. There was a customer that came in. Naming everything that he must have read off of you know one of the publications, saying, and he was talking to actually George Padron. He's like, oh, ah, yeah, you know, out of your line. What, you know, what's kind of like chewy cherry, black, you know, black cherry, raw leather, and this face that George <laughs> Padron was like, man, it's just a cigar. You know? <laughs> that came out of his mouth just flat, like flatlined him. The guy just stopped. He's like, wow. He's like, just enjoy it. You know, <laughs> Stop trying to pull everything what
7: yeah, everyone else is saying.
2: We know what it is. Everybody's smoking experience is different. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like like that guy, you know, know, I've been to many, many different countries. People enjoy and smoke cigars completely differently. Uh, You go to Tokyo, you do an event in Tokyo, you want to have the cigars laid out, they say, no, 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 no. First, the Japanese, you got to get them loaded. (laughs) Once they're drunk, you give them the cigars. Otherwise, they're machines and they won't enjoy them the the in Taiwan very similar but then you go to Germany and the Germans first of all they hold the cigar like this it's it's a cele- for them it's a very technical it's a ceremony but it's very technical very studious it's not something that we do in the US i think the level of enjoyment i mean it's different but the approach is different here a guy wants to reward himself or herself at the end of the day they walk into a store they oh, they like the moment more so than the product itself so the enjoyment's different you know, I've had experiences before when we change one thing on the band of a cigar and people think the cigar is completely different. Mm. Right.
1: I hear that all the time. They changed the band. They must have changed the cigar.
2: Yeah. Uh, it happens all the time. And as a matter of fact, it was we had we – listen, necessity is the mother of invention, invention, right? So we had some Candela cigars at one point and we were running out of the green bands. And I said, all right, how many do we have? turns out I had about half as many as I need. I said, all right, this is what we're going to do. We will take the same box. We'll put one green, one brown, one green, one brown, one green, one brown. And that's what we, we'll stretch what we have. You know, the freaking wrapper is green anyway, so they don't know the difference. Right. <laughs> man, we had a guy at the trade show, and he just kept coming to me and said, "Hey, listen, I know you did something different." And he's going <laughs> crazy. I go, man, I can't believe your palate is that good. You know, very few people can. So I, you know, I'm making because it's 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 his way of enjoying that product. And, of course, Tom Lazuka is there. Yeah. He's got a few drinks. He goes, listen, you idiot. I've told you 18 times this is a safe product. Get out of here. Shoot. He shoot him away. I said, Tom, what are you doing, man? He says, oh, listen, man, that guy has been, ta- has been bugging me all day long about the same stupid question. But, you know, if, if a guy really wants to enjoy a cigar and, and if he or she is getting that kind of flavor out of it, let him enjoy it that way, man. Mm. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. If a guy tells if he likes it and he tells me it tastes like whatever, man, rubber tire, do you like rubber tire? Oh, I love, her. and they, yeah, man, I put rubber tire. In. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever he or she wants to enjoy,
3: man, it is because it's about the experience. Yeah, right? uh-huh. and, and that's what we need to protect and that's to De-stress, uh, absolutely. I'm glad, we said that. Well, we got yeah. uh, we got a couple things I'd love to do. We're going to introduce uh, a 30 30 second spot. All right, here we're we go. Yeah, so ready. Christian, we're going to do well. We're going to do 30 seconds on the couch with an ash hole. I'm nice. going to pepper you with some <laughs> questions, hard, hard questions. I want you to think deep. But answering quick. Go ahead. Got 30 seconds. Are you a breast or leg man? <laughs> breast, man. <laughs> Bullfighting, hobby or sport? Sport. Who's a better cook, your wife or your mother? Ooh. Neither. Oh! <laughs> oh <laughs> all right. <okay. laughs> best thing to stuff into a pinata? Candy. Favorite cigar?
2: Sealy <laughs> signature. What's the worst food you've ever eaten? Mole. <laughs> what's, the, what's the best sport to watch live? Oh, to be baseball
3: man. Best '80s movie.
2: Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Scarface. Scarface. All right. Scarface. And one
3: last one: marry, sleep with, or kill Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson, Oprah, or Jennifer Aniston?
2: Or not? Or name them. Come on, man. That's so simple, man. You got to kill Jack. <laughs> Hook up with Jennifer. And marry Oprah. For the money.
0: For the money. Of course, man. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All
2: right. I like it.
3: That's Likeable. awesome. Thanks for sitting on the couch with an Nashville. <coughs> that was good. That was awesome. All that right. Wrapping a- up. The Man, I'm, I rifled through mine. Although, Aaron, I'll, I'll say you actually you impressed me today. You were smoking yours. Tons of smoke off of this, Well, too. I'm not talking what, as I much. Mean, so. Great draw. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Aaron and I have been more quiet than usual. Yeah.
3: It's unusual. Listening. For you, too. Which is actually better for my ears. You and guys are painful. Doing painful to listen to, <laughs> but um, no. Finishing, I mean, finishing this up. I mean, just tons of tons of smoke. Mm. Great draw on this. The construction you can see. I mean, everything you have really you've done. You guys love these things. Yeah, everything you that you've so done with this cigar is, is phenomenal. And I'll tell you, I mean, smoke doesn't usually get to me, but it hit me in the eye because there's so much smoke coming. Tearing up. I thought you teared up because I no, yeah, <laughs> it's very I emotional. So beautiful.
2: Such a beautiful cigar. No, great great work. Thank oh, you very yeah. much, man. Thank you. True compliment. And
0: what are your thoughts on the uh, cigar there? Oh, thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Uh, great complexity. You know, a lot of different flavors. We didn't talk too much about the flavors we're getting, but, you know, getting a lot of I got wood, a lot of rubber cream, tire. Some, a little you bit of chocolate. Ti- hey. yeah. <laughs> <you know>? yeah, <laughs> yeah, we put rubber tire in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's really, you know, it's a lot you can sit and just think about and pull those flavors out, you know, add to the enjoyment definitely
1: big thumbs up for me too. What an enjoyable cigar. And, and I will definitely be nubbing this. You know, I call some cigars pipe worthy. And if they're that good, they go into the pipe and you just smoke them until they're gone. You this know, is definitely one that I would do that. You
2: with. know what's interesting about these cigars? It's, and Thank you guys. Thank you very much. The interesting thing about this, because there's no way to really quantify the cigars, right? Mm-hmm. I'll sit in the fact, cause we make them round and then we press them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm telling you, My brain tells me that cigars taste differently when they're round and when they're box-pressed. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this medulla oblong. The exact same cigar, made exactly the same way, with a medulla, one round, one box-pressed. I think, to me, not being a scientist, it's got to be the airflow. It's either psychological Or the airflow that makes it burn differently, taste differently. Different temperature. It's a whole different... Yeah, yeah man. I, I don't know if you guys, yeah, no, yourselves, I, have ever done that test. But. I, I,
1: you know, uh, Hammer and Sickle is coming out with a box-pressed Berlin Wall. Yep. It's Very the same different. cigar, the normal Berlin Wall, which is round, but it's box-pressed. Nothing's changed. But I tell you, that box-pressing makes that cigar so much better. I, I have no idea why. And the only the only explanation can be the combustion, like you said.
0: Hmm.
2: So you, you have found a difference. I've found oh, yeah. a difference.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Like to me, and I don't know if it's better. I don't compare them that way. I just. The cigar, different. different. Yeah, I do recognize that it's different. There's definitely a difference
3: in the way you cut it. As we've talked, I'm not, I, I don't like the, the V cut. I think it, some cigars it might work, but it just, it, for me, it makes the cigar a little bit bitter. Um, so there is a difference. So that, that part of that is the airflow. So maybe with the, the box press, I haven't seen – I haven't had a chance to really see the difference between a box press and a round mm. with the same blend. Yeah, there's but not too many examples. No. No, there's not. Nope. Yeah. So that will be, be exciting. When, when's when's that, that coming out? Yeah, when's that going to be available?
2: It should be. It's started shipping this week. All right. Fantastic. Be here, so there we
1: go. That's awesome.
2: And then, uh, you know, if I can give one tip to the guys out there, when you clip your cigar, start trying to do – instead of cutting it straight – cut it at an upward angle so the smoke hits your palate and not so much your tongue. Hmm. You do that. Hmm. Yeah. You do that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Usually yeah. With, more with uh, the torpedoes and stuff I'll do mm-hmm. that with. Yeah. Do the
3: slant. It, it does change. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's well, awesome. this, has been, uh, this has been great. Thank, yeah. you, Thank you so much for time. being with us. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Um, don't mind. Next week we're going to be uh, smoking the uh, A.J. Fernandez Enclave Toro. That's what we're going to do next week.
3: You will be gone. I will be gone next week. I will be in Maryland at, uh, at Davides and Titan Cigars. Right. And then I'll be in Orlando at Corona Cigars. Fantastic. So it's, a, it's going to be a busy, busy week. Corona I don't Cigars, think I back, that's an awesome yeah, place. I'm not getting back until late Sunday night, Monday morning.
1: And Aaron and I will enjoy talking to each other, knowing we're not annoying you with our voices. <laughs> that's very good. You're just saving it up this week. Just yeah. saving it up. All right. Well, it's time to go. And uh, this has been the Ashles Unfiltered Cigar Radio broadcasting from the Serena Royale stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe where we turn every Wednesday into Ash Wednesday. You can download this and any other episodes you may have missed on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Ashholes and on Instagram at Ashholes Radio. We'll see you next week.